Just, I want to talk to you a little bit today about change. You know, as Jesus uh, rode in his, in his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, on one day they were uh, roaring, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Looking at him as the Messiah, the one who had come to establish a new kingdom, and by the end of the week, some of those same people were saying, crucify him. And Jesus knew what was to come. Really, the greatest change in the history of mankind would take place on that Easter Sunday when Jesus raised from the dead. But I want to talk to you a little bit about what Jesus did really throughout the week and throughout the times preceding to this, talking to his disciples. He was talking to his disciples about something that would take place in them. Because after he raised from the dead and ascended, they would take up the ministry that he had really gathered them together and called them to. And God has called us today and may look like things are constantly changing around us and moving around us. But what we want to be careful of as things are moving around us is what we allow to change us and how we allow it to change us. You know, in Ephesians, Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, and he said, be careful, you used to be dictated by the course of this world. But because you've been born again, because he made you alive in Christ, we are no longer to be dictated by the course and the fashions and the fads of this world and the things that come and they go, they're, they're temporal. And I believe even now we're dealing with things that are temporary yet serious but we live from an eternal perspective. Yes, we live in this world, but God put eternity in our hearts. And what we allow to transform us, what we allow to change us in this time, will be very important that we allow eternal things to begin to change our, our, our thoughts and change the way that we look at things. Certainly, there will be natural things that take place. There will be Many things that change our behaviors as we go about our days. And, and then when this goes, we'll, we'll change in a different facet. Some things will change. And so we know that in the natural, some changes are taking place and will take place. But it's even more important to know that even though natural things were taking place around the disciples and, and others, as we'll look at to, today, that really it's the change that God wants to make in us, the inward changes, the spiritual changes, the things that cause us to stand up on the inside against the forces of the enemy that would try to cause us to shrink back. And I want it to be clear that what we're talking about is we're not talking just about natural things. So I was praying about this and throughout the day, this phrase came to me and I might get a lot of feedback from it. I don't know. I'm just going to, to say this to you as it came to me. That God said, primarily, I haven't called my church to be a defiant force, but I've called them to be an undeniable force. And so when we're talking about this change and even not conforming to the world, we're talking not about standing up and being defiant against things, but we are not allowing the world to encroach upon the life that God has given to us and the power that he's given to us to really be able to overcome and to lead others to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the power that he wants to release in their life, the deliverance that he wants to bring from fear and habits and addictions, the 
how he wants to repair their marriages and their, their family life, how he wants to really provide for them in, in many different ways. It's that transforming power of God. So if you'd open your Bibles with me to Romans, the 12th chapter, I want to start there. And I know many of you know this scripture, but we're just going to bounce off of it. We won't take long tonight. I know people have commented probably, you know, boy, it seems like service is shorter. And, uh, uh, you know, it's probably shorter because there's less people here to talk to. Um, I don't know. But uh, uh, we won't take a lot of time tonight. But I want to just share this with you and hopefully encourage you with other people who have been isolated, other people who have been, had a stay-at-home order. I was talking about Jesus and I don't want this to get political, really. I, don't, I just want to share. When Jesus left the earth, he gave the disciples a stay-at-home order. He said, stay in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. They were isolated. They went into that upper room, and they began to pray. And they waited on God. And something transforming took place as he said, go. Go, isolate yourselves, and wait, because when I come into that place where you're isolated, I'm going to change you. I'm going to endue you with power from on high. So when it's time to leave that place, you are going to be released with power. I believe when these stay-at-home orders are released all over the world, that if the church has taken their time to allow the Holy Spirit to work a work in them, that we are going to be released into the earth. And even now, through social media, so many of you are taking up a boldness to share your faith and your confidence in Jesus. I believe things are changing in you so that God can do mighty things through you. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Some translations say your reasonable service of worship. It's worship when you give yourself over to God in your actions and in what you do. Verse 2, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't just go about allowing the world, one translation says, to squeeze you into its mold, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to read this from the message translation of the Bible. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you, not just do it by yourself, God helping you, Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. Your stay-at-home order life. Your quarantined life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. 
So see, even though you, you may think, well, we're conforming by, by uh, uh, social distancing or staying at home. Well, really, no, but how we respond to that will make a difference. If we're sitting at home and we're getting depressed, if we're get, sitting at home and getting fearful, if we're listening to every news report that's coming out more than we're listening to what God is saying and studying the Word of God, we're going to be changed. We're going to be brought into fear and restriction and worry by, by being conformed to everything that the world is saying. But if we listen to what God is saying, our spirit man begins to rise up and what God is doing in us, he wants to prepare to do something through us. And so as I said before, we're not looking to say, well, I'm not going to conform to this. I'm going to rebel. No, God never really called us to be super defiant. And I know I'll get some feedback because we do stand against some things in this world. But at this point in time, he's not really, I don't believe, calling us to be defiant. But to allow ourselves to have an undeniable power the very characteristics and nature of God being developed in us, that we might fight the spiritual warfare that is going on right now. For our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. It may look all like it's outward things and, and the sickness and stuff, but there's things going on in the spirit realm that are really trying to shift and change the course of things. But things going on in the spirit realm, the eternal realm with God, things that are going on in believers that God wants to do are eternally working to change some things. I want to talk to you just about a few people, how God changed their life and and to look at really what can take place. And these people were in, in, in different areas of what we would call isolation. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6, first of all, I want to talk briefly about this young man named Gideon. And in verse 11 of Judges chapter 6, it says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite. While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Seems totally contradictory, right? He's over here hiding, working in the wine press, hiding from the Midianites. The angel shows up and says, Hey, mighty man of valor. It's one thing we always want to understand. God sees something different in us. Somebody else might have told you you weren't much, told you you couldn't do it. Somebody might have told you, you know, you might have got the feeling I'm weak in this area. But God sees all the potential that he's put in you by the Holy Spirit of God. And Gideon answered him and said, Oh, my Lord. If the Lord is with us, why then is all of this happening to us? You know, you're going to run into people, you may have said this, listen, if the Lord is with us, why is all of this happening around the world? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. See, sometimes we just from the outward begin to think about, why is all of this happening if God is for us? But as we'll see in just a moment, God didn't forsake his word and he didn't forsake them. And God hadn't left them. Gideon had gotten into fear, but God was about to use Gideon to do exactly what Gideon 
didn't see being done. He said, where is the Lord? Where are the miracles? And the angel was about to tell Gideon, God is going to use you to perform miraculous things against the enemies of God. See, he was about to be changed. The Lord turned to him and said, go, into, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Go in this might of yours. He just said, really, you know, there's not a problem. He goes on in 15 to say, listen, I, I'm, I, I'm not sure what you're saying. I can't save Israel. Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Israel. My family is the weakest of my clan, and I am the least in my father's house. See, he's in the wine press, isolated, and God comes to him. And in that place of isolation, God is working to bring transformation. The angel of the Lord spoke to him and started confessing over him what he did not see in himself. He said, you are a mighty man. And you're going to go in this might of yours that really wasn't his own might or his own power, but it was the power of the Spirit that would lead him. And you can read on and continue to read on, but this man Gideon was changed from somebody who was weak and afraid, hiding in a wine press, to an incredibly courageous leader of 300 men that ended up defeating the enemy in such an odd fashion. You know, it takes courage to follow God. It takes courage to allow God to build the trust in Him that He can do with you something that is extraordinary. To defeat the armies of the Midianites, the Amorites with 300 men, was something that seemed so outlandish, so incredible, yet he had spoken to Gideon. He says, Gideon, if you doubt this, just go down to this other camp and listen. And he listened, and a dream came forth that really said, this is going to be done by the Lord in the hand of Gideon. He said, all right, if that's the dream, he went back and, and said, listen, we can do this. And he took out 300 men with a trumpet and a torch and a pot. He did something extraordinary with God. I don't know where you are. You might feel weak. You might feel afraid. You might be wondering, if God is God, why is all this happening? But in this time, I believe there's transformation for you by the Spirit of God. That God can take you from being fearful to being incredibly courageous against all odds. That God leads you in an extraordinary way to defeat the, enemy that's, the enemies that come against your soul, that come against your life, the enemies that would come against maybe your neighbors or your family. God wants to change you from being fearful to being incredibly courageous. 1 Samuel, just the story spans much of 1 Samuel, but you know the story. Saul was rejected being king, and so God told Samuel, go anoint a son of Jesse, to be the new king. He went to Jesse's house, and Jesse lined up all of his sons, and he went to anoint them, and not one was found to be anointed. And where was this future king of Israel? He was out 
tending his father's sheep. Again, the least of all the jobs, he's tending his father's sheep. But for David, he was in isolation. He was distanced from all that was going on. But in the time of distancing, and certainly greater than we see, you can read it in all the Psalms, that David, in that time of distancing, wasn't just throwing rocks going, why am I out here and my brothers get to be at home and I got to watch the father's sheep? No, he was worshiping God. He was setting his heart after God. He was taking that time of of being alone and being alone with God and developing a heart that was after God's own heart. And you know the story, it just progresses. Really, I can give you just, these are great things throughout the week. You can just look up and study and David, you know, comes out from that place of just being a shepherd boy and just a youth that took down Goliath the giant and he became a warrior king. You know, you may think I'm just over here by myself and and I don't know what to do and I'm just taking care and serving others, but you know, God wants to develop that time in you to where you'll have understand your authority over the power of the enemy. You'll understand that you are a king and a priest unto your God. And you'll begin to take the authority over the powers of the enemy and you'll begin to reign over your life as a king and a priest before God, no longer thinking I'm just a little shepherd boy, I'm just a little nobody out here, nobody cares that I'm out here. And in that place with God, you get your heart connected and he'll transform you into a king and a priest and a mighty warrior that knows their authority over the power of the enemy. Speaking of David, you know, he ran upon some tough times in his process. In 1 Samuel chapter 22, I like this story. I shared little bits of it with some men on Saturday. When 1 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 1 says this, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. In other words, he went into isolation. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, They went down there to him. Now listen, who else joined them? This is a crew. And everyone who was distressed, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men. These people who went into isolation with David were discouraged. They were discontent with life. They were in debt. They were distressed over the things of life. And they went into a place of isolation. And it is incredible what God did in transforming their life. I personally believe in that cave of Adullam what they did as they sang psalms, David began to sing his psalms to God before them. He began to testify to these people who were discouraged and discontent and in debt. He began to testify to them about what God had done for him. And as they listened to that word that he brought forth and the honorable aspects of God and the covenant that he so embraced that he had with God, that those who were discouraged, those who were distressed, discontent, and in debt, something happened in that transformation. I encourage you that as we give you this this, uh, 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 devotion to do this week, as we have our take 10 times of prayer, as we have our services taking place and you're there, 
that you begin to watch and to listen and allow God to change your heart. And you may say, you know what? I'm just, man, I'm in debt. I've been discontent with my life. I'm distressed at what's happening. But these guys who are discontent and in debt, in 2 Samuel chapter 23, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it, but you should read it. It starts listing David's mighty men. And it is incredible. These men who were discontent, distressed, and in debt, those men, one of them killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. After killing two lion-like warriors. You know, the Bible says that the enemy roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You might all of a sudden find out, I was discontent with my life, with my marriage, with my job, but all of a sudden God's something doing something on the inside of me. And I'm finding myself ready to kill that roaring lion in a pit on a snowy day. A least likely day when it seems like a storm of life is coming, a, a bad day is the day you stand up and say, I'm ready to take this thing down right now. Because of the testimony of God. Another one of those went out and killed a giant, one of those Philistines. He just looked and said, man, if the Lord was with you, David, and you stood on the covenant of God and slayed Goliath, I can stand on the covenant of God and slay Goliath. You know, some of you have giants, seemingly insurmountable things. that are even like David. They seem to be laughing at you all day long. They seem to be taunting you all day long. But in this time of isolation and prayer and listening to the testimonies and the word of God, something, a strength, rises from the inside of you. And all of a sudden you stand up and you look at that thing that has defied God's promises in your life maybe for years. Maybe the guilt or the shame of something you've done is just a giant looming over your life, always trying to come up and destroy you, taunting you about how you've missed it and how you haven't made it. But you stand in this time of isolation and let transformation take place. And you rise up and you say, no more. I'll no longer take that guilt and shame, but I'll receive the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. And in that covenant giant, you will go down today, never to raise your ugly face in my life again. You can learn how to slay giants. One of those mighty men, he took a lentil field, a bean field, and he stood at the corner of that bean field, and he took on the enemy's armies to protect what belonged to him. This day there may be things threatening, threatening your life, threatening your marriage, threatening your family, threatening your livelihood. Now is a great time to go into the the place with God and begin to allow these things to the testimonies of God, the testimonies of the Word of God, to look at the heroes of faith as you study the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Seeing that we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. We have a whole cloud of witnesses. We have generations upon generations 
of people listed, and we have people in our generation who could be listed in this Heroes Hall of Fame. And they're not there to just watch you run their race, but they are there to come and give you a testimony as you read about Abraham, as you read about Isaac and Jacob, as you read about David, as you read about Joseph, as you read about the the patriarchs of old that overcame. As you read about the apostles, as you read about Jesus himself. Those are all testimonies of people verifying and testifying. It's a testimony. It's a record of what God did for them. And they are testifying to you and me in our secret place, in our time of fellowship with God. They're testifying the faithfulness of God. Whatever it is that God is calling us to do, what He's working in you, what He's promised to do in you, He is faithful to perform it. And in this time where we feel like we might be isolated and we, we have to stay home or we have to, to, to our, our life has been kind of shrunk, allow God to come into that place. Just as these that we've said today, and there's many more you can read about, but these that we've talked about today, they were in a place of isolation. As I said earlier, Jesus told the disciples, wait into Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. They went in. They were like, okay, we've seen Jesus. He was dead. He was buried. He told us to wait here. He's told us about the Holy Spirit, but now we're waiting. But when that sound came in, from heaven is a rushing mighty wind. It sat upon them. It consumed them like a fire. And it changed them. It changed Peter from somebody who had denied Jesus before a little child to somebody who stood up and said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. You'll prophesy. You'll declare. You'll see signs and wonders and miracles. They were changed in a place of isolation with God. Let's not be conformed to the world and begin to complain and murmur about this time, but let's take the opportunity in this time to stir up eternity that's in our hearts, to allow the Holy Spirit to rise up and to declare and to determine on the inside of us His end, not coronavirus end, not some other end, but God's end for us. And I believe that some of you are going to come out Mighty, courageous leaders. Some of you are going to come out being lion killers. Some of you are going to come out being defenders of what belongs to you. No matter what the enemy says, some of you are going to be giant killers. But allow this day to be a day of transformation. Not conforming to everything the news says. We do what we need to do in the natural, but we're not going to let it change our hearts. But as we look into the word of God, we look into the testimony of those who have gone before, we know that God is faithful. And God is doing a work in us, and he is working in you right now to will and to do of his good pleasure. And the thing that he started in you the day that you were born again, he plans on completing it until the day of Jesus Christ. If we just let the word of God dwell in us richly, it will begin to bring life and more life and more strength and more clarity and give us direction to do everything that he's called us to do. So don't be discouraged and don't be dismayed. Allow this to be an opportunity to be transformed by the renewing of your mind.
to be changed by the working of the Holy Spirit of God in you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I, I, I love it. It says, <clears throat> speaking of children of Israel, it says that they, they could no longer behold, they, they couldn't even listen to the word of God or observe the word of God without a veil. It says, but now we with unveiled face. Right? Begins by saying, wherever the Spirit is Lord, there's liberty. Or other translations say, wherever the Spirit is Lord, there's liberty. And he says, now we behold with unveiled face the glory of the Lord, and we're being changed. We are being changed. From one degree of glory to the next, even as by the Spirit of God. Right now is really a time to be changed from one degree of glory to the next. So I was studying that, I, I, I saw a commentator who said, you know, really, as they saw it, they weren't talking about a mirror like we saw a mirror, but an image, really, uh, to see that. And, and it was more relating to the Holy Spirit being like a sculptor. And that there was an image that the sculptor observes, and then he takes the stone, right? And he observes the image, in this, this, and then he begins to do what? Chip away. He begins to break away from this stone everything that does not look like the image. It says we behold as in a mirror, and we look in the mirror, we look in the mirror of the Word of God, and we start to behold the image of the Christ-likeness that He purchased for us by His own precious blood, the transformation that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. We're no longer the same old man dictated by sin and death and the fear and the shame and the guilt but now we are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are made in right relationship with Him. We have a spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The very DNA of God is within us, so the likeness and the image of Him. Paul wrote throughout the epistles, and he says, put off the old man and put on the new man. In other words, allow the Holy Spirit to chip away everything of the old man until the new man is revealed in the likeness and the image of of him who created him. If you're watching tonight, if you've allowed us the privilege of coming into your home or wherever you are, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first really, really big change. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that any man that be in Christ, any man that received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and is grafted into him and he in you, any man that be in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, everything has become new and now everything is of God, of the life of God. If you're watching today and say, you know what, I want this change in my life. I want to be forgiven. I want to be washed. I want to become a lion slayer, a giant killer. I want to go from being fearful to having a brave heart. It begins with knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's you tonight, say, tonight's my night. I'm tired of doing this my way. I want to do it God's way. Just wherever you are, bow your heads with me. Say this, Jesus, I come to you today. 
releasing my way of doing things and submitting my heart to you. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for my sin, and God raised you from the dead. And in that process, you paid the price for my sin. So I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with us for the first time, we'd love for you to go on our app to our online church site. Let us know that you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. We want to rejoice with you and give you some things that will help you right now process some things and create a new walk with God for every day of your life.